on your part. Welcome to the On Track and Field Podcast. I'm JT Ayers. All things track and field related, equipment, batons, free lap devices, pole vault pits, and discus cages. You have to go to ontrackandfield.com. They're going to hook you up. Listen, I'm a head coach. So is Brian Kula, my guest. We buy the best of the best because we want our athletes to have the best opportunity. On Track and Field is going to do exactly that. Now, when you go to ontrackandfield.com at checkout, I'm going to give you a little insight here. Just put in track talk. Put the code in, all lowercase letters, T-R-A-C-K-T-A-L-K, all one word, 15% off your entire order. It's a pretty big deal when you're buying track and field equipment. 15% is going to go pretty far. So with me today is one of my great friends, uh, Brian Kula. Brian's worked with thousands of athletes in his career, sports performance. He's been a football coach. And some of the things that we're going to talk about today are some of the most exciting things that have to do with speed, not only in track and field, but also in the NFL and other sports as well. Gatorade Players of the Year, state championships, All-Americans, Brian's done it all. Brian, let's start off with this. You've seen a lot of success in all different levels, youth, high school, NFL. It's uncanny the amount of the demographic and the age range of athletes that have seen success under your care. So let me ask you right off the bat, throw you in the hot seat. What makes you different? And feel free not to be humble here. This is a safe space. Oh, thanks, man. Thanks for having me on. Uh, what a what a fun, exciting deal you're doing here. And I'm just excited to be a part of it. So uh, I, don't, I don't know, you know, if I know exactly what makes me different, I can tell you that I'm super passionate about what I do. I, I love what I do. Um, I feel like I've never worked a day in my life. And so, you know, when, when you kind of get up in, in the middle of the night and you, you know, all you're thinking about is how can I help kids get faster, get stronger, achieve their goals. Um, it's a good place to be. And I think that that is a reflection of kind of who I am and how I coach and the athletes that I've been blessed to work with. Um, they, they know that, um, they know I care about them and I think we get the best out of them because of that. It, that could be a separation. I think there's a lot of coaches that coach for that, you know, within that model. Um, mine's just been a lifelong passion and, and love being around kids. Well, I'll tell you one thing that makes you different. You were a high school coach. You had that nice job where you were part of a community and then you decided i know i'm part of this school community but i'm going to take this differently i'm going to go somewhere different right now you're sitting in your facility as we talk your facility you have opened up a speed performance specialist where you're training some of the greatest athletes in america and the world that's what makes you different so how did that even happen <laughs> Well, um, I think it, it kind of happened organically. It wasn't anything that I really set out to do. Um, I, I, I've had some professional athletes under my care over the last five to 10 years, and that really just kind of blossomed into an opportunity to start a sports performance business. Uh, really, if I'm being 100% honest, the quarantine kind of put in a space where uh, I was able to grow that, and we ended up in a facility. And um, I think some of the clients that are coming through and the people in this area are liking what we're doing. Uh, it's a little bit different of an approach to, to sports performance with a speed priority. And um, so we're attracting different sports. Uh, you know, we train from NFL guys to cheerleaders to lacrosse, um, softball players. Uh, we kind of cover the gamut. Everybody's out there seeking a, a faster athlete. And we feel like we got a pretty good method of teaching and coaching that. And so 
it just presented an opportunity to really run with our business. And uh, I'm, I'm extremely thankful for the years, the 12 years I put in at Valor Christian and, and my 25 years coaching high school. Uh, but it just seemed like the right time uh, and season of life to make a little bit of a change and had some unique opportunity with a foundation financially to make it all work. And uh, here we go. So yeah, 48 years old, reinventing myself, um, but having a blast with it. It's really fun, very rewarding and uh, really excited about it. A um, little scary at times. Uh, you just think you're going to, you know, coach and teach for the, you know, your 30 years and then get out of it. And uh, we're going to ramp up and start something totally different. So it's been really fun. Well, you said there you do some different things and some of these things I know, but let's the listeners that are listening, they don't know what is some of those basic foundational things that have to do with speed between the cheerleader, the starting running back on my fantasy football team and everyone in everyone in between. What are some of these foundational things and approaches to speed that you're doing differently? Yeah, I think, well, I think number one, we prioritize it. I mean, it's something we feel like we do a pretty good job of developing. And uh, I think in the industry, uh, obviously, really, you know, if you do anything, I think you're going to see an increased uh, performance um, numbers uh, by lifting weights, by, by running, by, you know, doing some of the traditional stuff. I think we, we, we take it to the next level in regards to how we teach the progression of speed and um, starting from the feet, working our way up where we really teach athletes how to push through their feet. We've kind of created a, a series of movements um, that, that reinforces that and kind of sets a, a pattern for speed, speed development. And I, th I think that's a little bit unique. I don't see a lot of people doing it. There's a lot of, uh, of, you know, traditional sprint drills and things like that. And, and we also approach the weight room a little bit different in regards to a, a kind of a mass specific force approach to staying heavy, uh, limiting our repetitions, kind of avoiding onset delayed, uh, soreness, uh, where we get, what we think is better fast twitch recruitment, um, almost in kind of an Eastern block or Russian uh, approach to weightlifting uh, that was very prevalent um, years and years ago in the sixties and the seventies. And I kind of feel like with my dad, who was a big weight training performance guy back in the eighties and nineties um, and kind of looked after that stuff. That's really where I learned how to, how to lift. And um, we've brought some of that back. And fortunately I've done it with a couple of, you know, hot shots that it worked really well for. And so now people have paid attention and, you know, we're trying to change, change how, how we do that here at our facility. Yeah. So you mentioned things like mass specific force, which is something that I also, um, utilize in all of my athletes. And that is like, we lift heavy, lower amount of reps and sets. We skip the, the down movement, the concentric movement. We're trying to lift and get strong without adding tons of mass and body weight. I mean, all these things you and I can really spend hours on, but I'm just gonna mention this. If you go to CoachTube, just type in CoachTube, you can find stuff about Brian and the things that he does with weightlifting, mass-specific force. There's things about bounding and plyometrics. These are all incredible resources that you can, Brian just puts out there and then we can steal and then our athletes can train like the best athletes in the world and in the nfl it's pretty neat um you i mean even the the way you do bounds is so super cool so all right this is my big question and i maybe i've been beating around the bush to try to get here i love the nfl and it seems like the last two or three years speed has become a huge priority with 
the NFL, I mean, next-gen stats, DK Metcalf running 10-3 in the 100, which is cute, right? We all thought that was nice. But how is speed being taught in the NFL? Because this is what you do, but even more important, is speed even being taught in the NFL? Do the Kansas City, City Chiefs even care that Tyreek Hill can run fast? <laughs> well, I, I know I know Kansas City uh, loves their speed because they, they're probably the fastest team in the NFL. And I think what you've seen is a trend to, you know, recruiting faster players, uh, seeing past size and making sure that, you know, speed um, is an element that the players have. Uh, as far as does the NFL teach speed, um, I think the, the, the clear answer is probably no. Um, first of all, their strength coaches and stuff don't necessarily have the time or the bandwidth maybe necessarily to do, you know, appropriate and proper speed training. Um, obviously those guys are a totally different caliber athlete and what they do to, you know, in the off season is pretty much up to them. You know, most of the guys go home and train with somebody else. And so, uh, many of them are working with a speed coach and they're, they're trying to get faster. And, um, but as far as does the NFL do it, I, I think the answer is actually probably no. Um, we went back with some of the guys that I work with and said, hey, we're going to train in the offseason like a track and field athlete would train. And so we're going to try to you know, develop better stride length, stride frequency. We're going to teach sp proper sprint mechanics. Um, we're going to really try to recruit fast twitch muscle. And we're not going to you know, maybe protect or dance around um, as much functional type strength and, you know, bodybuilding kind of stuff that can take place. And we're going to really try to get after it um, and, and gain speed in the off season. So guys like McCaffrey and uh, some of the other guys that I've worked with, uh, that's been a priority. And I think it's really paid dividends for them. Well, it's pretty neat to go and see. I mean, maybe, maybe this is the trend, maybe moving forward, we're going to see guys like Christian McCaffrey, who every single year get better and faster and faster, and you're even tracking it. I know you were talking about the percentage and even the miles per hour in practices and when he's doing that. Like you guys are monitoring all of this. Just recently, David Montgomery starting running back for the Bears. He's got a, he's got a speed coach, Corfus, you know, out in the Midwest. You know, like we already mentioned DK Metcalf. Like these are got young guys that see that speed is a huge element to what they're doing. I even heard something along the lines that one of the running backs taken in the first round, but later in, he said, my 40 wasn't as good. If I would have ran a 10th faster, that was $5 million right then and there, just because I wasn't faster. Uh, I don't, maybe this isn't a fair question. Do you see the <laughs> NFL getting faster? Do you see speed coaches becoming a thing? Yeah, I mean, I do. Uh, I mean, just in regards to the combine alone, I mean, that that 40 time is a is a huge indicator for NFL teams. And, and, and should it be or shouldn't it be? That can be debated. Uh, but I think we're still seeing teams that place emphasis on draft status coming off, you know, what they run their 40s. in. so for, a you know, an exiting college senior to dive in deep to some speed training and have proper acceleration, have better top end speed and be efficient in that to be able to go run fast at the combine can be the difference between, you know, a first rounder and a fourth rounder and that's millions of dollars. And so, yeah, hundred percent, I think it's the case. And then, you know, once they're in the league, I think, you know, there, there should be an attention to continued development. I've always felt that way of, you know, sometimes I think that they're overly, protected or conservative with some of the training with those guys. And um, I mean, at the end of the day, my, my pop said it best, you don't get strong from lifting straws. 
So, you know, you gotta, you gotta lift heavy. You gotta run fast. You do have to learn how to recover well, and it, it can't be a grind gritty, you know, we're going to train seven days a week. If the, the volume is really the critical component to, you can still train at a very high level, but you have to implement very, uh, very strategic rest and recovery and regeneration uh, to make it sustainable. And then you are able to continue to deadlift heavy and bench heavy and things like that and keep them healthy. Uh, but that's where you get the best um, hormone response and fast twitch recruitment. So if I'm a, you know, if I'm a player and I'm trying to be a starter or an all pro or a MVP, boy, I'm going to, I'm going to continue to keep training hard and heavy. Um, not doing, you know, functional strength kind of things where, you know, they're dancing around the issue. Well, it trickles down too. So the NFL, they start getting speed guys. They start caring about speed. Everyone gets faster. That college level is going to do that. And then the high school level is definitely going to do that. Can you imagine a high school team that says, hey, we have not a track, just a track coach, but we have in season a, a coach that's designed or his sole responsibility is speed. My gosh. I feel like calling the Los Angeles Angels up right now and being like, need a speed coach? You know, Mike Trout yep. can run a lot faster. I can help you out. It'd be kind of fun to see the world where speed is is so important and it's not something you're just, you know, quote unquote, born with. Um, and in 25 years, I've never one time had a coach approach me and say, hey, can you help me out? My athlete's too fast. <laughs> I've yeah. never, never in my career had that said one time. So... I think speed is a, is a, an enhancement, uh, to any sport. I mean, I don't care. We, you know, here at our facility, we train about 200 swimmers and we train them for speed. And even them, as we see them improve in, in max velocity and power output, we see them swim faster. So there's direct correlation, I think, to almost any sport with a, with an athlete that has, you know, better fast twitch, uh, muscle recruitment that they are stronger, more powerful, and they can run faster. Hey, Brian, my, my kid was born slow. You know, it's just the way it is. So with that said, can I get them faster? I mean, you're talking about fast twitch muscles. Can I get my kid faster? Absolutely. Yeah. Speed, uh, speed's a skill, first of all, that can be learned. And I think one of the mistakes we've made in, in our, in the sports world, is we dive so deep into sport, you know, acclimation and, and play that we lose track of actual training. We, 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 we haven't taught them how to run well and, and we don't run enough. Um, and I'm not a big volume. We're going to run you all the time guy. Uh, but also, you know, we've, we've, we've lost training for training for sport. And I think that's, that's been detrimental. So, um, that kid that, that isn't fast might still not be, everyone's got a different ceiling. So your kid that was born slow, um, might never be as fast as the next door neighbor, but we can raise his ceiling up, you know, through proper training and mechanics and, and acclimation. Yeah. I love the word you use functional movement. Okay. So with that said, you mentioned Christian McCaffrey. We're all friends with Christian McCaffrey because we're all super big fans of this kid. High school doing three sports goes to Stanford, probably should have won the Heisman. Right. And then he mm -hmm. goes and gets drafted the Carolina Panthers. Everyone says he's a wide receiver. He's not big enough. He's not strong enough. And year after year after year, he gets faster and better and better and better. How does, how does not just the slow kid, but how does athletes that are already at the highest level, how do they get better? Uh, well, I mean, I think, I believe that everybody can continue to develop. 
I mean, I, you know, I've had new NFL guys in even just this summer that are phenomenal athletes, NCAA record holders, uh, first round draft picks that, that, that don't still move totally well. Uh, they're, they're big, strong freaks of athletes, but they've never necessarily been honed in. And so, I mean, I think it's an, a, it's an intentionalness to training, to having um, a focus of getting better all the time, not just, hey, I've arrived, I'm a first rounder, so I'm going to ride that out for five or six years and retire. Um, I mean, Christian in particular is an absolute savage in the offseason. Um, he approaches he approaches it like I've never seen anything in my life of, I mean, it's, it's as important to him as the end season is to show up prepared, ready, better than he was a year ago. Uh, we, we, him and I have a little saying that we use together and that's, uh, Hey, you're either getting better, or you're getting worse, but you're not staying the same. And so, you know, if, if you approach your training that way, you, you literally are either, you know, you're progressing, you're regressing, but you're not ever just going to stay the same. And so, uh, you know, it's just, it's a, it's an attitude. It's a commitment to I'm going to get better. And then also finding the right system and the right you know, person to lead you in that, that, that meshes, that jives and, you know, you're making constant adjustments and making sure that they are still in development. You can't just do the same thing all the time. Our programming from, you know, his rookie year to now has changed a little bit. We still have our basic core principles, but uh, we, we have progressions in there. We communicate about it. We study and research and figure as figured out what works for him. Wow. Imagine that individualized training, but yet honing in some of the foundational principles of speed. Um, you know, one day I'm going to have to convince you to get that bounce fire series that you do on coach tube in some way, but cause that stuff's remarkable. And that's, you know what, let's, let's kind of wrap up with this. Um, you are not shy about mentoring young coaches and others. You speak at tons of clinics, your magazine articles. Um, and I know you've, I've been the direct recipient of great mentoring as well. And you're also not shy about asking questions from like Tony Wells and Dan Path and all these guys that you go out and seek out. Um, I don't know. I don't mean to put you on the spot, but do you feel like some of your success is coming from mentors and being a mentor? -y? Oh, 100%. I mean, I think, I think first of all, I would say that I've been, overly blessed with having had connections to some of the finest coaches in the world, uh, starting with my dad. And then from that point forward, just always being kind of a lifelong learner and asking questions and having great people around me that, that had ideas and suggestions. And, you know, uh, again, I mean, I, I feel like I can pick the phone up and call some of the top coaches around to get ideas or bounce things off of and guys like Vince Anderson or Dan Path and, I mean, yourself, JT, out in California, you're, I don't know, you might be 30 years younger than me. I'm pretty old. But, uh, <laughs> 10, 10 years old. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I mean, even you and I have weekly conversations and bounce things off each other. And I think, you know, then, then the other component of that is, like you said, being a, a mentor. Um, I think they say, you know, those that teach, right, learn better. And so when you, when you are, maybe speaking or preparing for, you know, a seminar or mentoring a young coach. I mean, you better know what you're talking about. And so it, it helps you hone in. And there's no question that some of the athletes that I've been able to work with have helped me grow as a coach, because without that, you're, you're pretty much um, kind of, I guess you're not challenged to evolve. 
sure. or, or to reach, you know, your ceiling needs to be raised as well as a coach all the time. And so uh, I think that's super important of listen, listen to those that have been there before you um, in the coaching world. I'm not sure that there's a ton of original material. Um, and I always, when I speak at clinics, I talk about a pot of chili. Everybody uses the same ingredients. It's just how much of each do you put in? And, you know, my salt might be a little different than your salt or my beans might be a little different than your beans, but we're still putting beans in. And so, you know, and nobody before me, you know, someone before me might've had the same recipe and uh, just making it your own. And, um, you know, that's, that's kind of where, you know, it's evolved to over the years is just taking advice from guys that have done it better than I have and trying to mold it into what, you know, I think is best. Yeah. And take that pot of chili and figure out, you know, what flavor does your athlete like the most, right? Um, exactly. Every athlete is different, especially if you're a high school or college coach or even a private coach, you have to pay attention to the way that that kid responds to directives and to training and to rest and recovery. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, who's the best coach that no one's paying attention to that I need to go Google about right now? <laughs> can I, can I say you? Me? Can well, I, say, can I, I guess so. PTA it's my podcast. I guess I'm the king of my castle. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if not anybody's not talking about you though. Um, oh, dude, you're, I mean, get out of here. Uh, I, you know, it's, it's hard because I, you know, you actually, you asked me this question and I, I pondered it and I, um, I get so, I guess, laser focused on trying to get better myself that oftentimes you kind of miss what's going on out there around you. Mm -hmm. And I hope that doesn't come off as arrogant at all. I just sometimes get my nose down and I'm really trying to do the best I can for the athletes that I have and my staff. Um, I mean, I got an assistant coach, Julie Haley, uh, that's been with me for about six or seven years and she's an outstanding track coach, performance coach. Um, no one would talk about her cause no one knows who she is. Uh, but you know, yet she's been kind of my right-hand man in a lot of different, you know, ways and, uh, does a phenomenal job in development. And I mean, and again, I'm not trying to over publicize my own business and the people that I work with. I just, you know, what I've seen out of somebody like her, um, I'm sure there's a lot of those people out there, you know, and, uh, but yeah, as far as track and field specifically, um, I, I, I do, I do throw you out there to be honest, because I think, uh, you know, what you've done in a, in an environment that isn't, maybe necessarily set up with a whole bunch of talent. Um, you've done a phenomenal job of taking what you have and developing it and getting a culture and a, um, I guess, excitement around the sport that has been, you know, most people would consider California a top three environment for track and field in our country. And you're one of the top programs in that area. So I, I gotta, I gotta shout out to you on that. Man. Well, don't edit this out. Thank you. <laughs> Um, well, I'll tell you this, um, we're going to wrap up this podcast, but leave anybody listening, leave with this kind of antidote is what Kula is to me is that guy I call weekly and I get affirmed and encouraged by with a workout with this kid didn't race. Well, what should I do? This kid had an injury. This is my plan. And we have, I have somebody in a different part of this, of the country. He's in Colorado and sometimes North Carolina, right? And I'm even in California, but we're bouncing ideas off of, and we make each other better. I mean, iron is definitely an iron sharpening iron with, with each of us. So if you have somebody like that, 
Stop holding on to your secrets and go out and figure out a way to partner with somebody else because we all make each other better. Yeah, there, there are no secrets. Um, in my opinion, uh, I think, you know, there's, there are tons of great coaches out there and I love watching Twitter and Instagram and seeing what people are doing and they're doing phenomenal things. And, um, you know, a guy that, a guy that comes to mind is Les Spellman down in San Diego, who does a phenomenal job with speed development, uh, works with a ton of NFL guys. I, I think, uh, but, you know, to, to be inspired by other coaches that way and to have a, a communication line like you and I have mm -hmm. is I think probably one of the best things that a coach, especially a young coach can have. And, you know, I didn't have one of those when I was young because I was arrogant and I thought I knew everything there was to know. And <laughs> so you know, I think as you get to the place where you can pick up the phone and go, Hey, you know what? I think I made a mistake. Help me through that. And then to hear, Hey, I've made that same mistake or here's how you can rectify it. Or you know what? You did the exact right thing. I concur. And now you're just affirmed in what you are doing. I think those are, those are huge things to have in your, you know, tool belt as a, as a growing coach. Coolest sports performance, K-U-L-A. Um, he is remarkable. He's a good friend. He is not shy about making sure the world gets faster. So you can go and check him out at, um, you have a website, coolestsportsperformance.com. Is that the best place? Coolestsp.com. Coolestsp.com. And he's also on Twitter, Brian Kula. Thank you so much for joining me. And this podcast is brought to you by On Track and Field. You're going to get 15% off if you just... Go type in the word track talk, all one word, and on track and field is the place to go. That's where I'm getting my stuff. They just hooked me up with the discus cage, and uh, my athletes are going to be better for it. So on track and field.com. And Brian Kula, you're the man. Thanks for joining me, and let's talk again later.